Do you really know who you are? That's the question today on Bold Steps with Mark Job. I'm not an orphan. I'm not abandoned. I'm not discarded. I'm not thrown away. I'm not a number. I'm not anonymous. I belong because the God of the universe is with me, in me, chosen me, bought me, sealed me with his presence. I am not alone because, hey, the Lord is with me. Welcome to Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute. Mark is also senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. Mark, today you're going to talk about one of your favorite topics when it comes to following Jesus, and that's identity, who we are in Christ Jesus. Now, we caught up with you at Moody when you spoke in what we call a president's chapel to the students, and we're going to hear that message now on Bold Steps. Yeah, I think identity is one of the most important messages that we could talk about. Because out of identity flows our purpose, out of identity flows our sense of value. Mm -hmm. And you know, the Bible talks a lot about identity. This story of Gideon, who struggled with his identity and who he was, feeling like he was the smallest and the weakest, and yet God speaks to his identity and then later uses him in some amazing ways. So I think this is going to speak to a lot of people. This message comes from Judges chapter 6 of God's Word. So let's turn there now with Mark as he begins the message. A few years back, I was in the airport, and some of you may recognize this name. He's long gone out of the tennis world, but his name was Andre Agassi. And he was a pretty famous tennis player back in the day. And I was going through the airport. I was in a hurry. Didn't, I was trying to get my other plane, and someone came up to me, and they said, Andre Agassi. I said, no, I can barely even hold a racket. I'm not. No, you are. Come on. And I said, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Can I get your signature? I said, I'm not. I really, I'm not. No, I know you are. I wanted to say, okay, for 20 bucks, I'll sign this just to leave me. Get, but I didn't. I said, no, no, let me, let me alone. It had, they had the wrong identity. And you know, there's something when other people misidentify you is an issue, but there are, there's something much bigger than that that I've seen as a pastor over the years, not only in people that I minister to, but I've also seen it in leaders that minister to other people, and I've seen it affect people in a very deep and profound way. We don't really understand it. We don't see it. It's not always top of mind. It's not always at the forefront of our thinking, but it has to do with how we see ourselves. Every person in this auditorium has an identity. Some of it is very, very flawed. Some of it's truly warped. Uh, Some people in this auditorium disguise it, but you actually don't like who you are. And we call that identity. Uh, There is a deep and profound connection between our purpose 
our calling and our identity. Really because our purpose and our calling flows out of our identity. The clearer we understand who we are, how God has wired us, the clearer we embrace our God-given identity, then typically the more we are able to jump into our calling, our purpose, and pursue what God has designed us to do because we understand first who we are in God. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Judges chapter 6, Judges the sixth chapter. There's a young man that we're introduced in this uh, chapter in Judges. You know him. You've, been, I, you've heard about him, read his story. His name is Gideon. Uh, let me introduce you a little bit to Gideon because he's this very compelling, iconic figure, but we don't always fully understand the struggle that he had with his own identity. He grew up uh, without the greatest opportunities at his disposal. In fact, he was from a group of people that were oppressed. It was a bad time in Israel. They were poor, they were subjugated, they were hiding. His father was well, his father was the guy they went to to sacrifice to the false idols, so he had a distorted view of God. He grew up in a, in a time where he was part of the smallest tribe and viewed himself really as a very insignificant person in this whole matter of identity. And in Judges chapter 6, he has an encounter Really, it's an encounter with his call, but more profoundly, an encounter to redefine how he sees himself. When he looks at the mirror, what does he see? And so this is a wrestling with calling and identity that go hand in hand. And I want you to see what it says in Judges chapter 6, verse 1. It says, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years... God gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of, Midianite was so, of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain cliffs, in caves, and strongholds. Verse 6, Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Let me start out by saying that sometimes our culture has an effect on how we see ourselves. You didn't choose what family to be born in. You didn't choose what city to be born in. You didn't choose what time to be born in. But your environment, your family, your setting uh, has a lot to do with shaping who you are and how you see yourself. Gideon was not in Israel at a time when Israel was reigning. It wasn't the glorious days of King David. This was an oppressed people, a people whose rights had been taken away from them, a people who uh, lived under oppression, a people who had limited opportunities, a people who had turned away from God and they were experiencing the judgment of God, the discipline of God. And Gideon, who wasn't responsible 
for the judgment of God, but yet was affected by the judgment of God. Can I say something about your family? Some of you come from some amazing families, uh, very strong, healthy families with parents who love each other and are following Jesus, who've invested in your life and help, helped you and prayed for you, but there's a lot that haven't. Uh, you've grown up in dysfunctional, brokenness, uh, sometimes uh, chaotic households, and you're not responsible for that, but let me say, you are deeply affected by it. You're not responsible for it. You didn't create it. You didn't choose it, but you are deeply affected by the brokenness of the family that you grew up in deeply affected by it. Now, God is a redeemer of all of our hurts, and God has the power to take even bad and turn it for the good, but you have to wrestle through the brokenness, and you have to wrestle through the dysfunction, and you have to wrestle through all the repercussions and ramifications of what it means to grow up in a household that doesn't have integrity or wholeness. Gideon had been deeply affected by his culture, his family's past, the oppression of the Midianites, the idolatry of his father. He'd been shaped by the feeling of fear most of his life, fear of the Midianites. He'd been taught the wrong version of God. He'd grown up in a household where his father was known as the guy that did the sacrifices, the Asherah pole, a distorted view, version of God, a judging God, a God that is completely workspace, but a vicious, violent God. He had been shaped by a culture that was impoverished. He had been taken advantage of or felt like life was unfair. He'd been made to feel like he was small and he could make very little difference. That was his background. That's how he viewed himself. That was his identity. But yet there is this encounter that happens. And I, as I look at this passage, I believe that there's three things that God typically does as we are facing our identity to take us through it. Uh, number one, he leads us to face our past. He leads us to face our past. Remember that the image you see today has been shaped by reflections of yesterday. You know, there's a lot of things that you could do with your past. Some people spend a lot of time running from their past, ignoring their past, avoiding their past, denying their past. Uh, but the past is part of what has shaped you. It is part of what affects you. Do you know that Researchers estimate that between 10 to 20% of women and 4 to 10% of men in college suffer from eating disorders. Yeah. Chances are that in this auditorium, 10 to 20% of women suffer from an eating disorder. And less talked about, but just as real, 4 to 10% of men struggle with eating disorder. What's that all about? Typically, at the root of it, it's identity. It's how I see myself. Driven, driven by what I see in the mirror and I don't like, 
And so it affects me. It affects the way I eat. It leads me to bad, unhealthy habits that I hide, that I minimize, that I act like they're not there, but they're really about body image. They're really about what I see in the mirror and don't like. They're really about fitting in. They're really about my insecurities. They're really about me feeling like I want to be someone that I'm not quite. Do people like me? What do people think about me? Am I dressed right? Do I look right? Am I, am I as accepted as that other person that seems like they have it all together? It's really about identity that feeds in deeply into our insecurities. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job, a lesson titled Identity Matters. Mark, before we continue with the final half of this message, though, I was hoping you could share with our listeners about what's coming up this weekend. You are the hardest working pastor and president I know. <laughs> you're, not, you're not content with uh, being on the radio five days a week. We need a sixth message, and that's Bold Steps Weekend. Absolutely. <laughs> and some of you are really enjoying our weekend messages that are different than the messages throughout the week. But this weekend, we're in a series entitled Hearing God. And the message is entitled, When God Seems Silent. Mm. Many of our listeners can relate to a season in life where maybe God just seemed unapproachable or silent. And this is going to deal with that topic out of Genesis chapter 16. Well, it's coming up in the next couple of days here on the program, Bold Steps Weekend, our sister program. You can also listen online at boldstepsweekend.org. Well, let's continue today's message titled Identity Matters. Here again is Mark. Insecurity is not a sin. We all have them. Every single person in this auditorium has insecurities. All of us. You say, no, 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 I know this guy in the class, man, he's right up from, no, no, insecurities given the right setting, given the wrong environment, insecurities. What is insecurity? Insecurity is the fear of not measuring up of what people think. It's the fear of perception. What do people think of me? Do I talk right? Am I dressed right? Am I accepted? Do people like me? Do you know that college, they've done studies and found out that the two loneliest places in America, the very two loneliest places, number one is residential halls for senior citizens. Older people that are in some residential facility, separated from family, a lot of their family has died, They're physically ill and can't survive on their own, so they're in a residential facility. Number one place of loneliness. Second place of greatest loneliness in America, college campuses. You say, wait a second, we're surrounded with people our age. We live in dorms. It's hard to find a place to be alone. It's hard to, oh yeah, because just because you're around people doesn't mean that you don't experience loneliness. Especially if your identity is not fully established because you spend a lot of time thinking, do I fit in? 
Am I the right? I wish I were someone else. I wish, what do people think about me? Some of you are stressed out because you go to the cafeteria and you have a lot of time figuring, where do I sit? Where do I sit? Do I fit in to this crowd or that crowd? Uh, who do I sit by? Should I sit? Should I not? Do people like me? Do I fit in? Am I dressed right? Am I the right size? Am I the right shape? Do I have the right intelligence? Do I speak right? Am I the right skin color? Insecurities. They can drain you. They can overwhelm you. They can disqualify you in your own mind from pursuing your God-given call. They shape who you date, how you talk, how you operate, how you allow other people to treat you because your identity determines what is acceptable or not acceptable and how you're treated. It's identity. Gideon was in that space in his life, and the Bible tells us that he had been raised in that space. And his first interaction with God, we already see deeply embedded lies about who he is. The second thing that I see that God does is not only face our past, but he, he forces us to learn our identity, learn to accept God's declaration over you above your own self-image. So God suddenly appears to Gideon. It's a theophany, a manifestation of the pre-incarnate Christ. It's a physical apparition of an immutable God. He appears to Gideon. It's rare, but it happens. And it tells us in verse 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, when it's God, never underestimate the power of his greeting. When, when God is greeting, every word counts. Every word is powerful. Remember, this is the God that spoke and the heavens separated. This is the God whose words carry power to separate light from darkness. They bring Order from chaos. So every word declared out of the mouth of Almighty God carries with it significance and power. And he says to Gideon, this young, trembling, hidden figure, oppressed, struggling with who he is. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you. Oh, there's more to it than it sounds like. The Lord is with you. And then he adds, mighty warrior. This is pretty compelling, pretty powerful. Because there's several things that are being uh, manifest even in this greeting. Gideon is nervous for his life, beating out wheat in a wine press, indoors, no wind, to blow the chaff away how it usually was done. And yet God encounters him in this place of struggling with his identity, in this place of lowliness, and he speaks something powerful in, into him. And I want you to understand, first of all, he reveals his presence. He 
he manifests his presence to Gideon. He says, I am with you, Gideon. The Lord Almighty, the God of the universe is with you. Never underestimate the access that you have to the presence of God and the presence of God in your life because you are defined, you are changed, your identity is tied in to the presence of God. Tied into the presence of God. The Lord is with you. Not only that, fast forward to the New Testament, not only is the Lord with you, but the Lord is in you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have become the temple of the Most High God, the dwelling place of God. You walk to the darkest corners of the earth, and in a special, tangible, manifest way, you are bringing the presence of God, sealed in you, the power of the Holy Spirit. The Lord, yeah, the Lord is with you. That's a powerful thing to declare. You're not abandoned. You're not alone. You're never alone. You may feel lonely, but you're never alone. Let me say that again. You may feel lonely. You may experience times when you say, no one understands me. No one comprehends what I'm going through. There's no one that can relate to me. And that leads to dark holes of depression. That leads to dark holes of anxiety. That leads to a sense of everybody else seems to be happy here, but I don't fit in. Uh, can I tell you something? It's not about, uh, it, it, it's really not about the setting you're placed in. I think as a follower of Jesus the Christ, if you grasp that and understand that he's always with you, that no matter where God places you, you will feel like I fit in. It may be a very secular environment, but you fit in as a missionary bringing the presence of God, or it may be with other people that know God, and you fit in in fellowship, but it starts with the sense that I am not alone. I'm not an orphan. I'm not abandoned, I'm not discarded, I'm not thrown away, I'm not a number, I'm not anonymous, I belong because the God of the universe is with me, in me, chosen me, bought me, sealed me with his presence. I am not alone because, hey, the Lord is with me. I wish I could speak that into you today. I wish I could look in your face personally and say, the Lord is with me with you. And part two of this lesson will be coming up Monday, so be sure to join us then. If you missed any part of today's message titled Identity Matters, or if you want to share it with a friend or family member, you can always find these daily programs available on our website at boldstepsradio.org. While you're online, be sure to request a copy of this month's Bold Step Gift. To tell us more about it, here's Mark. For any married couple who's listening, I have an important question for you. When you think about your relationship, are you experiencing joy on a regular basis? Or do you often go days or even weeks without sharing a minute of laughter, love, or real connection? Well, believe it or not, kindling those moments of joy isn't always something that just happens. In fact, there are many small relational changes you can start making today to help create more meaningful and regular moments of joy. 
And to help you do that, I'd like to send you a book titled The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages, How 15 Minutes a Day Will Help You Stay in Love. This book is loaded with transformational tips and simple exercises for you and your spouse to practice each day. Trust me, a joy-filled marriage is worth the work. Request your copy of this valuable resource today when you give a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. Once again, the book is called The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages. So to send your financial gift today, visit boldstepsradio.org or simply call us at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. And as always, you can request your copy of The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages and give your gift through the mail. Write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Once again, that's 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And if you've given a one-time gift to Bold Steps, consider taking the next step in becoming a bold partner today by signing up to give on a monthly basis. You can commit to any amount you feel comfortable with, but if you choose to give over $30 a month or more, you'll receive a 50% discount off the retail price on all Moody Publishers resources online. That's 50% off every Moody Publishers purchase. Plus, you'll also receive Mark's exclusive bi-weekly email called the Bold Partner Post, where you'll get a direct connection with Mark through videos and exclusive sermon series. So please sign up today on our website. And once again, that's boldstepsradio.org. I'm Wayne Shepherd, wishing you a wonderful weekend. And we'll see you on the other side for part two of today's lesson, Identity Matters. That's coming up Monday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.